Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Good morning, I'm John Hoffman. St. Joseph County's health officer says changes have been made at the county's vaccination clinic after an incident last week. Dr. Robert Einters says five people were accidentally given an entire undiluted vial of the COVID-19 vaccine instead of just a single dose. The five people who were affected are reportedly doing fine. After the health department realized what had happened, they contacted everyone and monitored them for 72 hours. None of them had any serious side effects, but the health department wants to ensure this never happens again. It was this past Thursday when five people went into the St. Joseph County Health Department's vaccine clinic in the lobby of the county city building. The five people were accidentally given a full vial of Pfizer's coronavirus vaccine that had not been diluted with saline, meaning they got about five to six doses instead of just one. This administration error was identified within an hour of it having happened. Each of the affected individuals were notified and we have been in contact with them. All of the patients were monitored for 72 hours. Dr. Einter says they're all doing fine and none of them had any abnormal side effects. Immediately communicated with Indiana Department of Health and we also communicated with the Centers for Diseases uh, Control. The CDC informed us and reassured us that a number of such cases had been Uh, reported uh, nationally and that in every instance no serious adverse uh, reaction had occurred. The clinic has two teams. One of them dilutes the vaccine and fills the syringe while the vaccinator team actually administers the shot. Previously, vaccinators were allowed to fill the syringes themselves. In order to make sure this doesn't happen again, the health department instituted a policy that now only a dedicated team can fill the syringes and nobody else. Dr. Einter says he believes this change will prevent this from ever happening again. I expect uh, this never to happen again based on the uh, procedures that we have uh, put in place. Now, we asked the Indiana Department of Health if this has happened before in the state, but we never got a response back from them. Again, all five patients are reportedly doing fine and had no adverse reactions. WSBT 22's Max Lewis reporting. Arguments concluded this week in the case of eight Indiana University students suing the school over its vaccine requirement. The case was heard in federal court in South Bend. The students are asking the judge to put a hold on the requirement while the rest of the case plays out. They're arguing this vaccine has not been tested enough to be required. This case really revolves around two main issues. One of them is the actual requirement to get the vaccine, and then the other is sort of the requirements that come with being granted an exception for uh, not getting the vaccine. The students' lawyers say that there is no conclusive data that... um 
that about the long-term side effects of the vaccine and that no other government entity is requiring the vaccine. And so basically, why should IU be able to? The judge questioned the student's attorney about the lack of data that shows any direct links between the vaccine and any serious side effects or death. Almost all the students, interestingly enough, seven of the eight of them have been granted either a religious or medical exemption from getting vaccine. Because they don't have to be vaccinated, they instead have to submit to more rigorous COVID testing and mask wearing on campus. But the student's lawyer argues that even that is unconstitutional and is a violation in some cases of their religious freedom. IU is arguing that the exemption is offering the students a choice, but the caveat is they have to do that extra testing and mask wearing. The attorney for the students says the current policy just gives IU too much unchecked power. IU is claiming carte blanche to do whatever they want, that they think that they can impose any measure in the name of public health and have, don't have, won't have to uh, provide any evidence to support it, won't have to provide any justifications for doing it, uh, is that the st they're relying on a case uh, during the progressive era that basically wrote the courts out of any review of public health, health, health measures. Well. Uh, and I use relying upon that. We did try to speak with the attorneys for the university, but they told us they had no comment at this time. WSBT 22's Max Lewis reporting. Meanwhile, Purdue is pursuing a different policy on vaccination. The president of Purdue University is defending the decision to not require students and staff to be vaccinated against coronavirus. Mitch Daniels says they are strongly encouraging everyone to get the shot, but he felt it should be a personal choice. We are uh, leaving the choice to our students and staff now. They will have to accept the consequences if something goes wrong. For instance, they'll have to have their own quarantine arrangements because we do have a collective duty uh, to keep this place open. We were probably, uh, not probably, we were the most open university our size that we know of anywhere last year through a great effort, really led by our students and their uh, compliance. But uh, now we have vaccines and th we thought the right move was to give people choice. Daniel says the university is having success with vaccinations despite not mandating them. Plus, he says Purdue is not having to deal with enforcement issues. Indiana University's vaccine mandate was in the spotlight as a judge heard arguments against it. A decision is expected soon. WSBT 22's Todd Connor reporting. There are lottery prizes available in Michigan for getting vaccinated against coronavirus. Health officials hope Michigan's My Shot to Win lottery is impacting vaccination efforts. What would you do with a million dollars? On Wednesday, one lucky winner will have that thought turn into reality as they'll be selected. It's a chance to win that the state health department hopes it will entice people to get vaccinated. In the early months of our vaccine rollout, we were able to reach thousands of people very easily through mass vaccination clinics. That's no longer the case now as vaccination rates have been slowing. Companies and health departments have turned to incentives to try and sway those still on the fence. The million dollar winner is just the start. Anyone choosing to be vaccinated here in the month of July will be entered into $50,000 drawings that are happening daily. There are also scholarships available. Jillian Conrad with the Berrien County Health Department says there are several motivating factors for people to get vaccinated. She knows sometimes money does talk. The ultimate goal is for the state to reach 70% of Michigan residents with at least one dose. Currently, the state of Michigan is at 62%. Barron County is at 54%. So has the lottery enticed people? 
it might just be too soon to tell whether the My Shot to Win lottery announcement has had any impact on increasing vaccination rates here in Michigan. But we are hopeful that that financial incentive, that chance to win, might just be the factor that will help somebody decide. With Delta variants continuing to spread, Conrad says the quicker and more people getting vaccinated, the better. We know that this threshold isn't a magic herd immunity number that will just make COVID-19 disappear altogether, but it certainly will ensure that our population is best protected against the, the virus. But she also knows there will be a point where no matter what is offered, it will not change some minds. However, she doesn't believe that bridge is ready to be crossed yet in Berrien County. There are still hundreds of people each and every week who come to us at the health department for that vaccine, as well as to our hospital and pharmacy partners to receive those vaccinations. Comrade says they're at the point right now where they're focusing on education for those that are still hesitant for the vaccine. As for the lottery, if this is the first you've heard about it and you are vaccinated, you still have a chance to win the $2 million prize next month. WSPT 22's DJ Manu reporting. South Bend Schools has plans for extra pandemic relief money. The district is expecting almost $93 million in total funds from the Federal CARES Act. The money is called ESSER funding, which stands for Elementary and Secondary School Emergency Relief. It's a one-time injection of federal money designed to help districts make up for learning loss during the pandemic. Million dollars of the South Bend Community School Corporation's federal funds will go towards extended learning programs before or after school and over the summer to help kids make up for lost ground during the pandemic. Another $22 million will go to infrastructure and technology, which includes updated air systems and buildings to make them safer for COVID and modernizing classrooms. $7 million goes to supporting the staff, which includes potential $1,500 stipends for everyone who comes back to work next school year, including teachers. Our goal is to get it to the entire district. While it's set for support staff like paraprofessionals, the district hasn't finalized the deal with the teachers union yet. But during demonstrations earlier this year, they had been asking for bonuses from these federal funds after seeing several other districts do it. We want to thank them for what they've done so far, but we're this is also forward thinking. Um, you know, wanting them to be here, but also knowing that everyone's going to have to come together and do a little bit more and really focus on outcomes. The district says the $1,500 has no relation to a different proposal, which would extend the teacher's workdays by 40 minutes. The district says it used community feedback to decide how to spend the money, but only got 250 responses on a survey sent out to more than 2,000 employees. So there's a lot of other things going on, so I think sometimes people just really get fatigued. They're encouraging people to show up to meetings and share their opinions in the future about how school-related taxpayer dollars are spent. So the ESSER money is coming to the district in three different allocations. The final round has not fully been approved yet, but the school corporation says that it is very confident that it will get all of the money. It just needs to finish with interviews and paperwork. WSBT 22, Selena Guevara reporting. Only one in three Indiana students in elementary and middle school had passing scores in the most recent iLearn testing. The state education department just released the scores and they've been impacted significantly because of the pandemic. Educators say this year's data should not be compared to pre-pandemic results. This year's results are supposed to be a new baseline for moving forward because every school district has handled the pandemic differently. I spoke with school administrators about how they're using this data as we move into the fall. 
Data from the most recent iLearn tests show that third to eighth grade students did better in English and language arts than in math. It also shows the pandemic led to much lower scores. Education leaders I spoke with say it's going to take some time to get students back on track, possibly more than a year. While we all were impacted by COVID, how we were impacted looks very differently from student to student, family to family, community to community. And so you have to recognize and account for those things. Um, and that's all part of that recovery process. South Bend Schools Assistant Superintendent Rafi Nolan Abrahamian says even before the pandemic, the district's testing, quote, wasn't satisfactory. But he says it's important not to change long-term expectations because of this year's results. It does require us um, to, to adjust our timeline. We do have to be, be realistic about the scale and, and the pace um, of, of improvement. Between South Bend, Mishawaka, and Concord schools, some ideas for improvement include after-school learning, new curriculums, and small group activities. And they all agree that in-person instruction will help the students learn. Everyone who works in our building, um, just the, the love and purpose they give to kids every day really goes unmeasured. And, and I learned certainly doesn't capture that. I didn't anticipate it. I didn't anticipate seeing what that connection was going to look like between a student and a teacher the first time that they saw them face to face outside of a little square box. Now learning is already getting started for students in summer school and some of the districts were telling me today that they have almost double the amount of summer school students than in a normal year. WSBT 22's Erica Finke reporting. A long letter and explanation to the community is apparently not enough to change the South Bend mayor's mind about Joshua Reynolds. This past week, the newly hired director of the Community Police Review Board explained in an online letter why he was suspended seven times over his nine years as an Indianapolis police officer. Reynolds admitted to doing a couple of things he shouldn't have, such as forcibly entering a house without a warrant, but claims the other suspensions were retaliation by the department for reporting wrongdoing by other officers. Mayor James Mueller says Reynolds should still resign. Yeah, you know, I, I uh, was able to look through it and, and appreciate that he shared his background and his personal story. Uh, but, you know, it, as unfortunate as a uh, uh, reality as this is, it still doesn't change the, the need for, for him to resign and let us get this important initiative back on track. South Bend Mayor James Mueller. We're in the full swing of summer, and what's summer without mosquitoes? Local experts say you can expect to see more buzzing around this time of year. There's something we'll have to deal with for at least a few more months. They're actually out here longer than I even expected, but experts say that mosquitoes typically start coming out late spring and don't go away until the first frost, which is typically seen in October. Now, keeping mosquitoes away can be difficult, especially when enjoying time outdoors. Moist and humid conditions are perfect for the female mosquitoes to breed. Local wildlife experts we spoke to said the recent weather is creating the exact right conditions for that to happen. With all the rain that we've been having recently, um, we are definitely concerned about mosquitoes in the area. Um, people should definitely be looking out for any stagnant water on their properties um, to help kind of lower that mosquito population. Experts say to drain stagnant water at least twice a week in areas like flower pots, dog bowls, and even cluttered gutters. And if you're outside, make sure to wear an EPA-registered mosquito repellent to keep those buggers away. WSBT 22's Taylor Gatoni reporting. Views and opinions expressed are those of the individual speaking and do not necessarily reflect the views of WSBT Radio, its staff, or management. Join us next week for Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM. 
WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 